Sounds good. Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns, he shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Oh boy, the world of basketball has been turned upside down. It is the NBA playoffs. There is all sorts of of madness, and it's not even March. We're actually nearing the end of April. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Pick and Pod WFUV Sports' NBA podcast. And I am joined today, my or me, Thomas Aiello, am joined today by Chris Persianen and... Will Grant, how are we doing today, gentlemen? You know, I'm going to say mediocre. And mediocre. The reason, the reason for that is, of course, you know, I just mentioned this uh, on a mock one-on-one. Uh, it's my Super Bowl this month. You know, the NBA playoffs. Yeah, it doesn't get bigger than this, this is, for Chris. To this be is honest. when Chris evolves to level 500 Pokemon, and he's just no. Incredibly this is when this is when you see all my stress and everything just all act out on each other. Yeah. So level five Pokemon. Um, however. I'm not in the best of moods, and, and that's for something we're going to get into at the end of the show yep. uh, relating to the athletic program here at Fordham University. Duh. Some bittersweet news for Fordham fans, mostly just bitter, uh, <laughs> shared with us <laughs> oh yesterday. God. Uh, so, yeah, you know, keeping it a buck. I'm not doing amazing, but, uh, I'm you know, I'm we're vibing out in, in the free world for now, man. Yeah. We got the playoffs we going had, on. I went over to Chris's place last night. We watched the NBA playoffs, and that was that was a lot of fun. I do have to say that was a lot of fun. Will, what are you what are you up to? <clears throat> it's always a uh, it's always a good time for uh, for me during this uh, NBA playoff run, especially when Kyrie loses two games in a row. We're heading back to Brooklyn. Going to be a good series, but that's the number one series that I'm looking forward to personally. Going back to Brooklyn. Might go out see a game if the uh, depending on if the really? tickets are expensive. I was but, thinking the same thing, yeah. dude. Trying to get out to Game Four. I don't know if I want to go to the Barclays Center. I was not very much impressed with it, and the few times I have gone, what didn't it, impress you? I just didn't it's like. Quiet I didn't there, like man. the aesthetic. It's, it's like yeah, a, it's like you, you can see the tumbleweed going across the court. Like the, the fans, <laughs> the fans are all there on business. The it's craziest like, it's part: like the, the garden when the Knicks are terrible, except they have two of the best players on the planet. Yeah. It's almost as if everyone that goes there is strictly there for the players on the other team. Right. It's it's. It's mind-boggling. It's like the that's, Knicks that's, when they're really, really bad, except if all their fans were But gone. see, here's the thing, though. Damian <laughs> Dotson is more the is more of a draw for the price of admission than Kevin Durant is. Kevin Knox was getting bigger crowds than He than was, which is really funny to think about. But we do have a, a lot to talk about. I mean, the NBA playoffs are amazing so far. We have to talk about a little bit about the NBA draft because Chris is finally starting his scouting me, of course, being very involved with Storm the Court, our college basketball podca- uh, podcast. NBA injuries, Devin Booker just being reported by Woj that he's going to be out two to three weeks. Killer. Luka Doncic is questionable for game three at the time we're recording this. And we have to end it with Jay Wright announcing his retirement because here at Fordham, it does 
directly impact the basketball program here, and Jay Wright does have NBA ties, so we do have to mention that. But let's first start with the news that just came out. Devin Booker is likely to miss games three and four versus the Pelicans with a mild hamstring strain. Sources say this was, of course, reported by the legendary Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. And Chris, I'm going to start with you because this Suns-Pelicans matchup on paper is sort of seen as, I guess, a lopsided game, uh, series in favor, of course, of Phoenix because they're just that good. But now with Devin Booker out, things can change, and they can change drastically. And again, this is huge news. Does this compromise the Suns' championship quest? Maybe, probably. There's a good chance. If they get into this <laughs> next round, Thomas, and Devin Booker still isn't back, we might see them face a deficit that's insurmountable. However, yeah. I do have to say, Chris Paul, I think, is going to be able to hold hold his own a little better than he made it seem at the end of that game, too. I think yep. they got a little blindsided by that Booker injury, especially considering the fact that that guy, well, Devin Booker, he had 31 points before he got hurt, and then that, was, that was in 25 so well. minutes of action. Yep. I mean... They had their offensive performance that night completely backpacked by Booker there. And when he unexpectedly leaves a game like that, it's really hard to recover. Mr. Brandon Himgrum Himgrum? saw the moment, put up 38, put up seven boards, nine assists. I mean, that that guy was all over the place. Three for three from three. That's just what what a game for that kid. He's showing himself off as being a real bona fide, all-around offensive weapon, an all-star caliber player year-to-year in the NBA. When you have that size, when you have that speed, when you have that skill on the ball, when you have that shooting, and you have the ability to scheme, not find, but scheme teammates open as a playmaker at 6'9", you're terrifying. So I think Paul definitely has a challenge here. I know, I think I can trust him to outplay McCollum for the rest of this series. Can McCall Bridges and the Suns' perimeter defense contain Brandon Ingram that is going to be the question here I do not hate you know calling New Orleans to win this series from now on and you're not against it if you have that opinion okay I'm I'm more than fine with it and it's because you think CJ McCollum is going to be able to step up against Chris Paul in this new role of being a lead guard well I don't know how you feel about that for McCollum I know that's a lot of expectations on him there but if he can stay toe-to-toe with Chris Paul, do you agree that the Pelicans still, you know, even if um, even if they are, the, the guards kind of cancel each other out, there's still a really interesting series to be had here between Mikal Bridges, potential defensive player of the year, Brandon Ingram. You've got DeAndre Ayton on Phoenix, who I think an underrated aspect of this. He wasn't very much, good either in this game. How much offensively, how many more touches he's going to get, how much offensively you can unlock him now. There's a lot going on here for Phoenix. Do you think this Booker injury is dooming them? It's very tough to say at the moment. Um, you, you brought up the point with Chris Paul and CJ McCollum sort of canceling out, which I, 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 can't, I can't get behind that because hmm. Chris Paul is the glue that holds the entire shambled, uh, you know, I don't know. Together. I don't know if "shambled"s the right word. No, no. Well, I mean, it's not shambled. There's a lot of different pieces that aren't in the right place and uh, and just can't stick together. But Chris Paul is that glue that comes in and he's put, he he makes everything work. He makes all these teams win. He has a, uh, a a great stat of making four teams that he's been to 
their best they've ever been in a, in a season in a regular season. So it's 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 hard it's it's hard to say if you cancel them out who's going to be better. But I'd have to take the Suns on that. The loss of Devin Booker is unbelievable. Thirty one mm-hmm. points in that first half. It was absolutely killing before the injury. So. If we take it back, we got DeAndre Ayton, who you guys said is underperforming, very underwhelming at the moment, but you also got Javal McGee. Javal McGee is doing his work in the paint at the moment. JaVel McGee? Javal. Javal? It's pronounced Javal. The V is is uh, is is uppercase. Are we? So it's Javal. Wow. Yeah. That you land something new. Shaq did a fool. The, the parenthetical spelling says Javal. V E. So none of us. Are right. No, well, nobody. I've heard many right. people say Javale. Everyone, yeah, they no. just say Javale. Me. I thought it was Javale. Yeah, I think it's Javale. Anyway, I'm just gonna go with what Kevin Harlan Aiden, and Marv Aiden's Albert the guy, say. man. Aiton's the guy. Yeah. He he has offensive potential that they're not they're not touching there. And the reason for that is because when you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you can keep the ball in their hands. You're gonna do it right. But now I think with Booker out, that guy was good, especially when Chris Paul's out. He's someone who's good for six, eight assists in a game. He does a lot of the playmaking. Paul being left with that brunt of the playmaking, what's something that you think he might kind of keep things simple with? Dump it down low to your big. Let him go to work. Take a possession off. So Aiden, I think this opportunity for him is going to be pretty beautiful good. beautiful pull-up is mm. so yeah. that fadeaway. beautiful. Yeah, I compare it to something of, of KD of sorts. No, uh, you got eight, Aiden, man. Hey, he, dude. Yeah. He's got, if you want to get crazy with comparisons, man, you there is, there's, there's a lot of big men in David, NBA. Uh, David Robinson was the big man. one when he was coming out of college. Because of the size and the, the size speed. And the, scale, yeah. the Admiral? Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I want to, I want to, I want to get on, um, I want to get on Mikael Bridges a little bit in a good way, because he did play forty and a half minutes uh, in their last game, and he ends with nineteen points on seven of eleven shooting. He was wildly efficient from pretty much everywhere, free throws. He's never missed threes. a game in the NBA. He has it, and he is just he is built different, Mr. reliable. And the one thing I will say about him is in that third quarter. When New Orleans just goes nuts with the scoring, they outscore Phoenix thirty-four to twenty-two. Mikael Bridges single-handedly keeps the Suns in the game, and they had they had no business in winning this game, in my opinion, because they were just so bad in the third quarter. The fact that he can willingly keep this team in the game, they they score thirty-one. Phoenix does in the fourth to New Orleans is thirty-five, and they lose one twenty-five, one fourteen. That to me shows. That this Phoenix team is a lot more. I, I don't want mental. I, I guess mentally, mentally built different is what I'm going to say. They are just built different mentally. That says a lot to me, especially in a series where you're clearly the uh, the overwhelming favorite. But now Devin Booker is going to be out. Who is going to step up? And that's. I think that's well the big question here. Who are we looking at on the Suns? That's going to step up. Who's going to play that was recording DMPs to start? That's what we have to look at here. That's the big question. I think the answer is nobody. Man. You think the answer is nobody? I think nobody. they shorten the rotation. They just put four in. They waved Frank Kaminsky, right? I mean, they don't. I mean, he's not good anymore. Anyway. No, I'm saying play four, play three, <laughs> yeah, go, four, go four on five, four no, on five. What is gonna, this my part? They're gonna go uh, Paul, okay, Shamit, Bridges, Shamit, okay, Crowder. I, I liked uh, Shamit had some good minutes. Yeah, he he like, got, not great, that, but that I mean, dunk, he dunked on yeah, somebody. I, yeah, he I, jumped I over. It's exciting. I didn't know he could get up like that, bro. I, I didn't too. No one did. I thought it was a glitch. I didn't know he could get up like that, dude. What? But. 
can we can we please shift over to the team I want to talk about and Uh-oh, everybody sorry. wants to talk about? What's that? The Boston Celtics and the no, Nets? No, 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 not that's a great series. I'm saying the best team in the world right now. What's that? Playing at an unbelievable caliber, the Golden State Warriors. No, let's finish talking about the Suns, then we'll talk about them. Ah. Yeah. Right. Well, we should get shut down. We should right. we should finish the Suns first because I think Chris makes a good point with shortening the rotation and then Landry. Sh- I think Will, you make a good one with Landry Shaman. I kind of look at Cam Johnson to sort of fill that void. He's another one of these guys that again, Devin Booker is not going to be here. Cameron Johnson, I guess in theory, could be the closest thing in terms of I guess maybe impact. Because he, like Mikael, is a lesser Mikael Bridges, in my opinion. I think that he doesn't bring that defensively, though. They're going to they're gonna yeah, leave him off the bench. Less, He's a six-man-of-the-year candidate. I, I, I like Shamit yeah. to get the start for them. You thought, I think Cam Johnson, because of the length. I mean, New Orleans' team, if you look at mm. it, they are all incredibly tall. I mean, McCollum is the shortest guy out there. He's only six foot four. I mean, Herb Jones no, you have a point. Six eight. What's Ingram? Six foot nine. nine, six eight, whatever he is. Valanciunas is, I think, seven feet tall. Hayes is six foot ten. So you have to match their length. And I know Chris Paul is really good still, and defensively he can still hold it down. So, of course, you're going to glue him on the McCollum, but in terms of just simple X's and O's, I think that you probably should think about starting Cam Johnson uh, in place of Devin Booker. I think he does give you the length to match New Orleans. I still think that Phoenix is the more skilled team. But we are going to move on, as Will has been begging to do. We do need to discuss Golden State because they have been – very, I don't want to say under the radar this year. They were sort of, I guess, an afterthought in a way. There were some people that were very low on them. There were people like me at the beginning of the year who were very high on them. And right now they're up 2 nothing versus a very battered Denver Nuggets team. And game one, that was a rout. Game two was even more of a rout, I would say. And Chris, I'm going to start with you on this series. On Denver's side especially. I don't know if we can say it's time to blow it up. I just think they got unlucky with injuries, unless you have a different theory in mind. I think giving that max contract to Michael Porter Jr. That was was the worst decision that I've seen that franchise make in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Denver Nuggets, to me, are a team that typically operates at least relatively intelligently. You know, prospect, scouting, everything. Nikola Jokic got drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. That guy's a top three player in the NBA right now. I mean, they're doing a great job of, of running that general. You know, they, they run that office well, right? Yeah. And yep. when they decided to hand Michael Porter Jr. that max contract, I thought to myself, what are they doing? I, I, yep. I had no answer. And, and the thing for me with that is when you already have Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, neither of which – are you know very adept on the defensive end I'll put it nicely and leave it at that you need you need a wing like Jeremy Grant who's literally on their team and they trade who can be your free safety defensively who can cover for all those screw-ups you know that those stars are gonna make and they doubled sorry they tripled down on offense Maxing Porter Jr. When he is available, his defense is legitimately horrendous. I don't yeah, see Porter's defense this series really 
as something that's just bad injury luck. So you're saying they should have given money to somebody sort of I like a Marcus Smart of on the <laughs> no. a, a big wing. They need a, a What's wing. What's a big? But see, how Grant. many of those? Grant was the guy, man. Grant, so yeah. so for them against a team. Well, like he doesn't Golden play State, like a wing. He plays more like a four that can move, which is I don't know how to he wants it. to be a number one option. Yeah, when he's a number three option on yeah. a team. This is how you get the best out of guys. Yeah. For example, you know Thomas and I and. Will knows very well as well from being a Nick fan that mm. Julius Randle is not a number one option. Absolutely, is he not. a really good basketball player? Yes, but he looks really bad when he's yeah. forced to be a number one option, right? So Jeremy Grant, obviously a great compliment, not a great number one option, as you can tell by Detroit getting the number one pick the first year that he was their number one option. My point stands though that Denver is not literally not built in a manner in which they can succeed past the second round of the playoffs if they even manage to scrape it past this one. I didn't see them winning this first round, and the reason for that is despite having a traditional big man, a traditional stud center, Golden State's scraping along with Kevon Looney, and the reason for that is he keeps the ball moving and he allows guys like Dre, Clay, Wiggs, Steph, Wigs. The pool party off the bench. The yeah, pool baby. party. These guys <laughs> are keeping the rock moving and Denver can't keep up. When you have Jokic on the floor, when you have a center who can't defend very well, and you don't have that free safety type of player, your center ends up being the guy who has to chase everyone around. That's why you see Jokic ready to pass out on the sideline, out of breath, because he's so exhausted. The Nuggets are legitimately, literally, definitively not built to win a playoff series against anyone Forget a team with generational, yeah. generational shooting in Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and God forbid they now have a third Splash Brother who's named after a body of water. I mean, like, how does this Jordan, play out? Like, I think this? the wildest thing, Chris, because I this is where I guess the college basketball aspect comes into it. Michael Porter was second in his recruiting class. I remember, he and was it second. was the injury. Problems. Do you know where Jordan Poole was? He was tied for 99th. I was going to say, 100. can I guess like 75? He was like, tied for 99th. Trey Young was tied for 20th, and Colin Sexton was 6th. DeAndre Ayton was 3rd in this recruiting class. My point is, and Michael Porter at, at Missouri, three games, he averaged 10 points. The point I'm trying to Whoopee. make here is the injury concern coming into the NBA was real, and we all, we all knew that. He fell and he to fell, 14. He fell big time, and a lot of people were going bonkers the fact that that was happening. We now are... Three or four years removed from that draft and that whole thing in college when he hurt his back, he can't see the floor. He literally has not seen the floor, like, at all. He played one healthy-ish season, which happened to be during the COVID year, and he averaged 19. He was very good. But other than that, he just does not get on the floor. And I think Denver paying him after the COVID season, and as I have said multiple times, last year's season – trolled the living crap out of everybody because people that we all thought were really good are now back to being mid or what we thought they were before this. That is the point I want to make here. And this Nuggets team, the Aaron Gordon trade was good, and it's he's, he's fit with them nicely. I don't know how they're going to reconstruct this team next year. It's very interesting to figure this out. As long as Jokic is going to be there, Will, I think that Denver is going to contend. But Golden State, as long as Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green are there, right now they look like the 2016 Warriors. And they are poised and have the potential to make a run to the NBA Finals, let alone win the damn thing. And I think that if we get a uh, Suns-Warriors Western Conference Finals, that's almost like a de facto championship. 
Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of top-heavy teams in the West. Uh, the East is a lot more broken up, so I'm not sure if that's going to be, you know, the decider, that Western Conference final. I think there's a lot of good teams in the East to, uh, you know, that'll raise some contention there. But the hardest thing I've ever seen a team do in the NBA is guard small ball against the current Golden State Warriors, I mean, with the addition of Poole right now. Mm -hmm. You got five players on the court that all know what they're doing. They got four that know how to dribble and shoot excellently from the three. Draymond Green, an enforcer who needs to score seven points to be effective. Every part of his game on the floor is nothing to do with points. It's all to do with his demeanor, the way that he is aggressive, his rebounding skills. All stuff like that. He's an intimidator. So when you got him, the and leadership a, too. Uh, the leadership, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, really yeah. what they value. But then they, they got four guys that are just so unbelievably skilled. Yes, and they're just revolving around this Draymond. Draymond's like the sun, and there's all the planets revolving. That's a around really him. good analogy. And that's a really good analogy. So yeah, I wouldn't say he's exactly like Chris Paul with the glue because you know. It's a little different, but Draymond Green, he just he just invokes something out of every player on that floor, and they, they are confident. You see Jordan Poole shooting step-back corner threes at the end. Jordan Poole's good. Unbelievable. He, so, was, he was really good. And so that's I'm, my spiel. That's, I, I think that's a good analogy, the uh, solar system analogy. By the way, just because I want to, can you name the first four planets in order? No. Yeah. Uh, oh, not in order, bro. Well, what are they? Do you know, you know what Venus, they are? Venus, Mercury, Mars... Uh, and uh, Uranus, Neptune, Earth, Earth. Earth. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, uh, I just want just for just for laughs. But I think Jordan Poole will. You raise a good point. He was the 28th pick when he was drafted. But I do think Golden State's player development is incredible. Just the way that they have found people, quite literally off the street. I mean, Kavon Looney was the 30th pick. In his draft, Juan Toscano Anderson, who does things does for them, some stuff. he does. Like, he plays really good defense. He does, yeah, he's a good defense. That he, like Draymond Green, I think, is the biggest one of all. Yeah, I mean, he that, was like the thirty third pick. Yeah, he was second round, and he names everyone that was picked in front of him, which is it. very That's scary. Very Draymond of him. It's very scary. What? But I mean, Steph Curry, we can talk all day about. But Draymond, you is, remember the entire draft. He remembers he, everyone he picked remembers before everyone him. Picked before him, like all thirty-five. He can guys. tell you. He'll say like Anthony Davis, that's Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. <laughs> that's that's cold. I don't that even remember cold. who was the third pick. I don't even. He remember. was picked thirty-five. Michael and he, Kidd named, he can name all thirty-four. Was, and then Beal was the third pick. Okay. Beal, uh, yeah. So point being, when you have someone like that on your team who mentally has such a drive, that can uplift this entire thing. And I think Golden State. And they've been there before. They've too. been. Oh yeah, the, that's, the experience. That's the, the experience yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a whole other thing. The and pool just jumping right in to that pool. The pool no party. The pool party. But he's jumping right in, and he's 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 just like everyone else. You don't even yeah. notice that, that that's his second year. He was yeah. in the G League. Now he's a now he's NBA playoff thirty point scorer. He and he's it's probably and if dare I say if Golden State does not pick his pick up his team option, he's going to get paid somewhere. Someone will oh, want. Oh, he will no, get someone will want. You think they're going to keep him? They're keeping yeah, they're going to. I'm just saying, God forbid, they don't pick up. They his will option. move who it takes to make room to right. keep him. Paid. You think right. so? That, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ab- they they huh. better. If they don't, that would just be very. What if they gave him up for someone guy, huge? Not happening. No, not, I don't not know. Not that not would happening. mess. That would probably mess up. Mess up chemistry. It also depends. they literally they can't afford it either. They would. If you're looking for a young guard who's going to shake loose and go somewhere and be a primary year, but you have a better bet of getting Anthony Simons than you yeah, Jordan Yeah, Ant Simons is the one. But we can talk about free agency. One more series that I want to touch on really quickly, Boston, Brooklyn. Chris and I were watching this last night in his place, and it, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching 
Um, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant just choke it away. Jason Tatum, who did diddly squat in that first half and then came alive in that second half, he had a number of huge plays. And Jason Tatum, seven points in the first half, by the way, and two of eight shooting in the second half goes absolutely bonkers. The biggest thing with this Boston Celtics team for me is that I looked at them at the start of the year and I was like, what in the world has Brad Stevens assembled? I mean, they traded for Al Horford, who was 100 years old. I don't even know. Robert Williams was the starting center. Marcus Smart. And then it was Brown and Tatum. And I go, who in the world is going to help these guys? And Aaron Neesmith was supposed to get time. They've really turned it around. And especially after the Derek White trade, which really uplifted this team's offense. That made this made this Boston Celtics group a lot better. And Ime Udoka, who I kind of clowned at the beginning of the year, has proven that he is a really good coach, Will. And to me, Boston are a dark horse candidate for the for the conference finals this year. That's, Ooh. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're going to step saying Boston's a dark horse? Dark horse. They're the con- two seed. Well, with the, Rob Will out, you know. Rob okay, Will, yeah, that's Rob fair, Will that's not fair. playing. They're but he might. Brooklyn and make it through. Yeah, and you have to play the he Nets, might too, come out. Teams. I mean, they're two. They're up two zero. Right, but what isn't Williams supposed to come back soon? At some That's point, really yeah. But we don't, we like don't, after the series, if when. they can, if they can He's take this thing to, to five, yeah, they could take this thing to five or six, which I think they'll probably get it in five, let alone maybe yeah. a sweep. So he he has Williams a, back. He had surgery on his left knee, and, but he's all. You're right. He's not going to yeah. be the same player. But we don't know that. We don't, he could make full recovery. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's I mean, possible. It's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's we don't very know. possible. We don't know. But Tice, I mean, he's holding his own. He is playing very well. He, he, Horford, I, like he's another big that. I mean, he's all right. He shoots a ton, but yeah, he, which I think is what he's going to do at this point. I mean, yeah, he Horford's knows he, great. He's still Horford's very great. good. Yeah, uh, I, I think. I think it's really hard as fans um, when we spend so much time talking about these guys' salaries and contracts, given that they're publicly available, yeah. um, to separate them from the player, just because Al Horford might be one of the highest-paid players in the league he today. Is, yeah, he oh, is. yeah. Um, it doesn't mean he's not really good. Uh, like, for example, a guy like Thaddeus Young is someone who NBA teams mm. would all love to have as a backup big veteran presence. Well, Al Horford does what he does, and he's like three times as good at it, and he can start. So that's a really good player. He's just overpaid. You know, I, I was talking to Thomas yesterday. We were watching the playoff games. I told him, I reminded him, hey, Chris Paul was widely seen as the most overpaid guy in the league yeah. about three years ago. I remember I was here at the Fordham. Yeah, yeah yep. I was I was in high school doing Bobby's class over the summer, and I remember the Paul for Westbrook trade hit, and we were talking about how the kids in the class thought CP3 was like one of the most overrated players in the league. And I was like, this they is thought a, he was washed. I was like, this is a heist for Oklahoma. They're going to be good next wow. year. And look at CP, man. He went vegan. And look at Ross Westbrook. He went vegan. He went Did vegan. He, actually? And, and he, since, looks, he looks very like and thin. since lean, yeah, yeah a lot more lean. since going completely vegan and changing his diet and exercise plan, he threw down the alley oop dunk during the All Star game last year. Yeah, and they they inter- not not last year uh, two years ago two years, two years ago, ago and they interviewed him about it and they're like, yo. You're you're like five eleven. How did you just dunk an alley oop? And he goes, I'm not gonna lie, I changed my diet. This thing yeah. has me feeling twenty again. Like guys like PJ Tucker went to Germany, had knee therapy, is now thirty seven, killing it in the corner for Miami. Like look at mm-hmm. medicine, bro. Like these older guys are killing yeah. it in the playoffs. The experience, the former all star pedigree, Horford, guys like him, 
I mean, you look, really out, you look at LeBron. I mean, he just well, he, he's he, not in the playoffs because no, no. I mean, yeah. I'm just talking about 18 years longevity. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that guy spends in terms of buying your diet. He used to be. It used to be a million. For him now, it's, it's, two, it's right? over a million and a half yeah. to two million a year yeah. on, his, on body. his body. But let's really, yeah. you know, you got to do it. But let's reel so it back smart. in. Let's reel it back yeah. into. <laughs> let's get um, back on topic here. Let's get back to the Nets and the Celtics. And again, we can talk all we want about Al Horford being old and this. I don't want to say band-aided of a team. Nah, he's been an X factor. But they so have funny. this Boston group has really impressed, especially recovering from a horrible first half that Jason Tatum had. And from Brooklyn's Brooklyn's perspective, they are the band aid team because Kevin Durant is is being Kevin Durant. He's doing what he can. Kyrie did not play well in this game at all. Four of thirteen, ten points, eight rebounds, how many assists? One he had one assist. They had to get twenty three out of Bruce Brown. They had to get eighteen. I was gonna say Bruce Brown got yeah. all those assists. Who, by the way, came to Fordham VCU at the Rose Hill Gym this year. Wow. He showed up for some reason. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess he must love full court press. And <laughs> Goran Dragic, who he needed to pour an eighteen for them to even make it a game. I mean, this Brooklyn team, again, they're good enough with Durant and Irving where they can do get away with nonsense like this. But come playoff time, if you're asking five hundred year old Goran Dragic. By the way, excuse me, he's 35. He's not actually 500 to score. He's still got it. He's still got it, but if that's going to be the guy that Steve Nash needs to go help out the other two, that, to me, Chris, is a major concern given the fact that I don't even like Steve Nash as a coach to begin with. His X's and O's, I think. He's not great. They're very suspect. They're almost like, I can't believe I'm about to say this, they're almost like Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. You think it's just vibes it's, out there? It's just a fantastic team on the field, but the X's and O's are not where they should be. With it's the just, level of talent, it's just that straight they have. vibes out there on the field. Yeah, right? not and it's not that, um, and it's not that everyone's not immunized because they all are. It's more well, so. Well, I would of, say the Packers and the Nets both had their fair they share did. Of problems with that. Kyrie more so than Rogers <laughs> in terms of how polarizing it was, but when you're really just. You know, I don't think it's where it should be with this team, given who's on this roster. And Cam Thomas, who Nets fans were praising, oh my God. That, yeah. zero points in 22 seconds of game time in game yeah. number two, game number two. In game number one, he didn't even play. There were Nets fans on my Twitter this year seriously telling me at the start of the season I would take Cam Thomas over R.J. Barrett. Like Can, when, there were Nets like, fans telling me score like that yeah. when you looked at natural. Black, yeah. when, and yep. I was like, you gotta, you gotta like watch basketball games you and do. not just like play 2K and then see <laughs> who looks like they'd be good in 2K. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, man, when, I when, when you look think at that, this, yeah. this, that's Boston, how some front offices think too. This Boston Brooklyn series, uh, to to make a point uh, with Brooklyn here, like their offense is very much just, hey, uh, Kyrie and KD, it would be really cool if you figured out how to score on on this play so that we could get some points on the board. And the Celtics offense is like, we're going to pinch him down low, bring Tatum yeah. up on the screen to have Brown coming around. Smart's going to be the, the decoy because White's coming up. Yeah. Like, it's it's coaching, but it's also personnel in the sense that, like, this is how Durant and Irving want to play. They came yeah. to Brooklyn so that they could run a team like this, and they are getting bullied in the first round. KD 
Game one, obviously not incredible from him. Uh, a I mean, very, 27, very though. Bad game. Game two, he puts up 27 yeah. points. Sure. Let's take a look at that efficiency. One for two from behind the line. Four for 17 from the floor. The guy Unreal. was in Rikers. They, they they can't score. And when the Brooklyn Nets, the team that was, oh, well, who cares about defense? Who cares about this? Because when you can score every play, none of it matters. When they can't score... They're screwed. They are very screwed. They're down two nothing. Coming back to their dead home crowd. They're we'll de- see how it plays out. But well, I mean, you're gonna. I this think, is an awful start well, for the Boston. The two of you said at the beginning of the show you guys were thinking and about awful, going. awful start for for Brooklyn in Boston. Sorry. Yeah, if you guys were thinking about going to the Barclays Center, so you guys would be the two fans. Thinking that about it. I yeah, mean, I'll be there we're not going for Boston. the Nets. Yeah. Just go, just <laughs> yeah, go, go, just go. What do you think the actual but percentage you know what? is going to be? You gotta have a little sympathy. I'm yeah, gonna be the first on. person to go and root for neither team. I'm gonna cheer every time they both miss. You know, yeah. You my roommate was Brian was saying he was gonna go with a Knicks jersey. Chris, you know what you should do when you go? You should wear your Grizzlies t-shirt. The way I might do an, just an Obi like, Top jersey, but I might do an Obi Top. Yeah, that's ooh, way better. It's so cool. Obi, What do you think the actual breakdown of percentages there? Like that's gonna be fans? Yeah, fifty fifty. No, no. 20, 22% Nets fans, 60, 66% Actually, business, 22% Nets fans. 66% business and the yeah. There's, oh, yeah, no, the no, business. I think there will be th- no, at least 30 the Wall Street, Celtics, 30 The Wall Street Celtics. magnet is real at the Barclays Center. I will say is that. It? It, no, no, it is. I'm telling you because it is. It's where they go now. It's the so are, It's so funny. Are cheap. You can yeah. sit for $7. They're just like, yeah. hey, the NFTs, you want to buy some stock? In, uh, yeah, yeah. How's the bar there? Is it good? No, I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I have no idea. Thomas. I've never been to the Honda Club. I, the only no, time know the name. <laughs> the only time that I went to the Barclays was for the, when the A10 tournament was there. That's the only time that I went, and that's when I only cared for. It sounds it. about right. Yeah, I and went to a Playboy Cardi concert there. It was terrible. He didn't come out for three hours. We left. <laughs> anyway, I stayed. That's brutal. Yeah, you stayed. That was good. That, that was really. That's that's lucky. just listen. Biggest bust for Thomas, your buck. I want to talk about the NBA draft. We do. I do. I, we were going to just transition to this actually. So, I asked these two, Will and Chris and myself, we're going to pull our five favorite prospects and this could be from high you know the high levels from the top 10 picks to second round gems to people in the mid-major ranks so I gave the leeway of creativity and the I guess unlimitless unlimited amount of freedom for these guys to pick I'm gonna start my number one and I'm I'm picking here from the chalk pool of people I have Jabari Smith from Auburn as I think my number one player to watch out for in this draft, someone who I've just been all over this year. His potential is through the roof. He's six foot ten. He can move. He shoots threes at a ridiculous clip. Average seventeen at Auburn was a consensus All American. Forty three percent from the field for a team that was ranked number one in the nation at one point. Now they did lose in the second round of the tournament. He did play. He played well in that first game. That second game was a little bit of a different story, I think, for everybody. But this is a player that has—I don't want to say Kevin Durant potential—but when he was in college, he was the Kevin Durant of college basketball, and right. that was the common take from people that really follow it, like John Fanta, Jeff Goodman, John Rothstein. Those big college hoops media people were saying that. And to me, when I see Jabari Smith. He really does remind me, in terms of his build, of Kevin Durant. Play style, I would say, is a more athletic Tobias Harris. Mm. With a higher ceiling than that. Yeah, I can see that. I think that that's where I'm going to go with him. 
Chris. Uh, and I don't know his length. Yeah. You know, the it, length is scary. Even greater. It's right? really so scary. That's where like Giannis comparisons start coming in from people who aren't afraid to get crazy with it. Just on the defensive end, because of what he can do. Yeah, funneling guys to those. He averaged protectors. one block per game and on one offense. As a small forward. He's not as smooth as a as a Harris. He's a little more limited. You yeah, know, you're hoping that the three point shot translates, uh, especially off the dribble with him mm-hmm. allowing him to create from back from back there. I, I like the Tobias comparison, but I do think you got to give him credit on the defensive end. Defensively, he's way better than Harris. I, I think that that's fair to say. And Chris, I'm going to let you go now with your number one. All right, my number one guy. I mean, he just declared today officially. I know this it, is this is like, it's news. He might be my favorite player in this entire draft. I, I have not <laughs> decided yet. I have not come to a final you know choice on that. But Shaden okay. Sharp, uh, he went to Kentucky. That's um, a good one. And he didn't play a game. He's not even 19 years old yet, you know, freshman, six foot six. This kid, think about how guys like Bradley Beal and Paul George, to give you guys of two different heights, um, and, you know, Beal two inches shorter than Sharp, George two inches taller. So I thought this might paint a decent picture here. Think about the advantage that those two guys have in playoff settings. We were talking a bit about this with Brandon Ingram, but I want to I want you guys to think of shorter people. Think of the advantage that both Beal and and Paul George have in common, which is that in the playoffs, their playmaking ability on top of their elite scoring ability allows them to assume the role of the team's superstar. You can be the guy on a team because when you are a wing, when you are you have that size, you know, George being 6'8", um, and you're out playing the two or the three, but you're initiating offense. You're getting to the rim. You can finish there. You can drive and kick. You can make passes that no one saw coming. And most importantly of all, you can put the ball in the basket consistently. Shooting, finishing, pull-up jumpers. When you have all of that in your bag, I mean, I sound like ball don't stop just going on about <laughs> one of his favorite guys. Like, Shaden Sharp... Um, he is really good at a lot of things that you just don't see players be naturally good at. Finding ways to get to the rim, be, despite being horizontal and you know in between the other team's center and power forward, getting sandwiched by. Like he gets the ball in the basket, he finds teammates open, he passes them open. He doesn't just pass to open teammates; he passes them open. This is a guy who can do it all. Um, for someone who didn't log a single college game to be able to grab him here in the lottery, I, I saw a mock this morning. The Knicks got him with the tenth pick in a mock draft. That would be that would be kind of wild. But that's if like, I'm Sam Presti, and oh yeah. I have the number four oh, yeah. pick. Oh, I'm so yeah. and Jaden Ivy is off the board in those first three. Yeah, Sharp is my guy no matter what. If Jaden Ivy is on the board, personally, I would go Sharp over Ivy. That's how high I am okay, on wow. Shaden Sharp. However. If you think Ivy's, you know, the perfect complement to Gilgis Alexander or whatever, yeah. go ahead. I think Shay and, and Shaden scares me much Shaden. more potentially than than Shay and Ivy does. I, I Ivy I don't see as a point guard. I see him he, as yeah, an Ivy, off ball guard with potential yeah. to be a primary. Sure, that's a great fit next to Gilgis Alexander. Well, what if Gilgis Alexander got to play with two uh, inches taller Bradley Beal? I do want to say terrifying. about Jaden Ivy. I'm seeing a lot of Dwayne Wade comparisons. No. I, the speed, yes. I don't know about the skill set. I, I don't know if we can say that. Will, your number one prospect so far in the draft. So my number one prospect, which I'm going to talk about, is not who necessarily I think is going to p- be picked first in the draft, but okay. somebody that can definitely flourish and grow um, 
and that is Adrian Griffin. That's a good. So pick. I might be a little biased here. I used to watch him play at Stepanak at all those big tournaments. I so mean, I White Plains say, guy. You're fine, White Plains. I've seen him play. Yeah. Seen him play many, many times with the help of R.J. Davis, Alan Griffin, his older brother, who played at Syracuse. Joel or Soriano, at, I think, was on. Joel that. Soriano as well. Yeah. Yes, Joel that 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 whole starting five, I think, went D one. Yeah. Terrific team to watch. Five dollar entry. Yep. Yeah, so five dollar entry. Five dollar entry into those tournaments. It was good. Mine was ten. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I mean, they probably saw you and were like, "We're charging you ten." Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Yellow, oh, well, we did. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, let's get back on the topic. Adrian Griffin, he has the potential to grow like into a to be a small ball four in the NBA. He can play the three and four. He's pretty versatile. Um, so another thing, which why, which is why people really don't talk about him and more emphasize the the, the work of Paolo, the six ten, you know, power forward. But this man, Adrian Griffin, was operating in a logjam of people on the wing who were. It, it, the talent is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You had four guys that could potentially play in the league. They're probably um, going to have four NBA players just from this year alone. Yeah, four pros on the floor. I mean, it makes it difficult for any player to really, you know, do their thing. It's hard. Um, but you know, NBA spacing can definitely give him the runway he needs to do to do what he can do. We saw his leg explosivity. That's how you pronounce Explosiveness. it. Explosiveness. Explosiveness. There you go. And um, you know he's only going to get stronger from there. But he he's very quick. He can he has the ability to you know pull up three three and D was his position on Duke. But it, I, I think in the NBA he has a way higher ceiling. Yeah, that that shot is. Yeah, I there. think that's yeah. yeah the shot is definitely there. there. I mean, when when you look at his athleticism and he's got big uh, hands, the too. potential uh, really big on ball defender, the potential as a scorer. And then you add in that he might be a guy who, on a fast break, is either going to posterize you or trail and hit a three in your face because you stayed back thinking he was going to posterize you. (laughs) You're looking at a guy who might be able to, not even as a primary player, but just as someone, you know, let's get crazy. Say the Knicks do get him. They send him to Westchester for his entire first year and they let him be the number one option around his family and everything great environment so like what do you think in that second year when you have griffin barrett and reddish out there like that three you know what i mean like you watch these playoff teams they're throwing wings on guards right Uh uh-huh uh the Suns will switch mccall onto mccollum with no problem this Mm -hmm. is where the league is going is these wings in the middle these guys playing the two to four, they're kind of just like all fours now. And they are going around switching. A.J. Griffin is perfect for this, not just because of his size, but because of his ability to body through those guys, to muscle through those guys. I think a couple years in NBA weight rooms, I love this pick for yeah. Will. This kid's going to yeah. be really good, and I think he's getting they're a little 14 slept years on. old. <laughs> just like that. I, 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 uh, I swear, just like that, 14 years old, the same player we're seeing right now. Yeah. And, and, and he's getting he taller. And you would know better than anyone because you're from that he area. He had exactly. more athletic burst back then before yeah. these I mean, yeah, compared, compared to people who yeah, we saw him this well. season at right. Duke struggle a little bit to gain separation uh-huh. on defenders just because he doesn't have that same mm. explosiveness. Yeah. But I think, like we were talking about earlier in the show, that modern medicine, right? You know, yeah, we're, we're hoping again. that this is yeah. going to be able to get AJ back to a spot yeah. where he can come in and be, I mean, man, you, you know, you think about playoff wings right like this is a guy who could be one of those guys that just consistently finds a way to step up in the playoffs yeah so we are going to slim this down to three people because you know if at five we would probably spend another 400 days my second person who you want to you want to quick hit him 
I will quick, yeah, drop, we can two quick and, hit, drop yeah. two and three and give it, yeah. give me a sentence on each. So uh, my th- number two is Kennedy Chandler from, Ooh, from Tennessee. Rim pressure out the wazoo. Very, I yeah, I I'm the Knicks really need a point guard. This is the kid that they should go and look at, and I would be very happy if they picked him up. He's a very well-rounded point guard. He does a lot of things well. I think the efficiency maybe can get a little better. He is six feet tall, so that may be a concern if you're you know, a yeah. person that's very big. <laughs> Especially height. if you want him yeah. finishing at the rim a lot. But I think in terms of everything else he does, he can open up a lot of stuff for them. And my number three, I am going to stick and be a homer a little bit with the Atlantic 10. From St. Bonaventure, Osun Oshuni. Oh. From the Bonnies, a six foot ten center who was incredible when he first showed up at St. Bonaventure this year, 11 points per game. Seven and a half rebounds on 61% shooting from the field. Also averaging almost three blocks per game. So this is one of the legitimate defenders uh, entering the NBA draft. You can probably get him with a second round pick. And if you're a team that needs a run, jump, and dunk guy that plays defense, this is the one you go after, especially if you don't want to spend any money on a player like that. So Chandler, Osuni. And Jabari Smith are my three. So quick hit, your next two. All right, I got Shaden Sharp out already. Got one from the top of the board. I want We had to get the chalk people in. I want to be a little more, uh, you know, get a little more spicy with the takes here. Some guys I like down the board. I'm going to start off in Nebraska. Oh, no. Uh, Bryce McGowan. Bryce McGowan. He's six foot seven, right? He's six foot seven. He averaged 18 points a game. The 1.5 assists is where I'm interested. Okay, now when you dig into McGowan's tape, you can see that propensity to play make. It's not just out of the system. It's 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 up there. It's between the ears for him. He wants to find his teammates at six foot seven. When you're that kind of athlete, if you can harness that playmaking, you could get a player off the bench who's killing guys in transition due to his athletic, you know, um, advantage over them. Who's killing guys in the half court because he's getting separation and finding teammates and hitting open shots. And who's killing guys on defense because of that same athleticism, the ability to move laterally really smoothly, that wingspan. I really like McGowan's as a potential rotation guy. Um, I wanted to throw a shout to Trevor Keels of Duke because I That's feel like a, yeah. he's someone who got a little slept on. But I'm going to go in a different direction for my final shout out. And it is going to be to the ACC. Alondis Williams of Wake Forest. Ooh. Currently 44 on the mock draft on Tankathon heading to Tank-a-thon. the Atlanta Hawks. Now listen, 44 is just way too low for Mr. Williams. This kid, I want you guys to think about some of the, and you know, excuse the lack of better term here, I want you to think about some of the thicker guards in the NBA. The Kyle Lowry, the Marcus Smart, the Derek White. Those muscular guards that get up into guys, that find teammates, that hit those big shots. Alonis Williams is one of those guys I think that's going to fall right into that category he's Mm -hmm. stocky he's good and he's great at seeing the court so for me when you have that kind of guy when when he you think he can be an engine like that i'm not sure he has primary ball handler upside could he be in a starting lineup maybe with Derek white jason tatum jalen brown and robert williams where all those other guys are helping with the playmaking yeah yeah, he could. So for me, Alonis Williams, you know, someone I'd like the Knicks to be interested in, uh, he he goes to Wake Forest, and I think he's his tape is really worth watching. Will, your last, last two guys? Two. Uh, Peter Kiss. Peter no, Kiss. Oh, I don't think he's. I'm kidding. Oh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm literally kidding. <laughs> um, that that wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. But uh, 
I'll take a Baji. Ochai Baji is a good one. Ochai Baji. Yeah. Um, you know, he, coming off a national championship, he's got a great ability to shoot as a, uh, a bigger dude. Um, you know, he, he has the potential to be in the top 10, but it's not looking like that right now. I mean, this class is pretty good with in terms of uh, height and uh, low on point guards. So, yeah, I like him. Um, we'll see how he does in the in the combine. Um, so, yeah, uh, and my second is probably Keegan Murray. That's another good one. Um, That's yeah. a really good one, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he slipped a little bit, maybe. Uh, I saw some at the beginning that had him at 4 and 5. Now it's more looking like 8, 9, 7, something like that. So, you know, he um, – He's a he's a one of the more complete players in the draft. Um, so he doesn't have like a ton of weaknesses right now, but he's not um, unbelievably uh, you know strong in any aspect. He's a good overall player, and so I think that I mean he you could, he's one of these guys you could just put into the system. Um, yeah. All right. So sim- simple enough. You guys hit a lot of you yeah. know. I'm not gonna reiterate my love for Jabari Smith and Keegan. Keegan at six. At to six. the Portland Trail Blazers. If they don't move that pick, he might be a really interesting name for them to I've look at. I've seen a lot there. of AJ at that spot, too. AJ at that spot. They're not going to do it, and the reason is because yeah. they have Damian Lillard, and they're 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 going to try to win if that's what yeah, they're doing. They just blew up that whole McCollum-Damian pairing. and they Can they take I, their two first-rounders and exchange them for one for Jeremy Grant and one for Julius Randle? I mean— That would be a pretty good team. Dan Grant Randall. Who's playing center? That's a Bathletes. Yusuf Nurkic, you bring him back and you hope yeah, Grand okay. and Randall cover for him athletically. That's a pretty on the slow perimeter. front court. But yeah, I mean, that's I mean a risky one I'm just saying maybe. there's moves for Portland to make that I think involve them not selecting there at all. Uh, but if they do, that's a spot I like for Keegan yeah. for sure. So before we wrap up here, we do have to acknowledge that Planet Basketball has essentially been turned upside down with Jay Wright announcing his retirement and. The successor to him will be Kyle Neptune, who coached here at Fordham this past season, who had a record of 16 and 16 going 8 and 10 in the Atlantic 10. That is the most wins that they've had since, I believe, yeah, the most wins that they've had since 2016 overall. They went the furthest they ever gone since 2007. That is the quarterfinals of the A-10 tournament. So Jay Wright, though, I do want to start with him. This to me, really just turns college basketball upside down. Because not only does a legend who's in the Hall of Fame goes into the sunset riding off, spend the time with his family, which is what he wanted to do, it changes the landscape of what college basketball has become. Now, I know that this is the NBA podcast, but Jay Wright also had NBA ties. Now, I bring this up because he had massive ties four NBA jobs. The Knicks wanted him at one point when they fired David Fisdale. He was one of the names on the list. The Philadelphia 76ers were incredibly close to poaching him from Villanova and bringing him to the Wells Fargo Center, but he turned it down. Could you, Chris, I want to start with you. The first question I want to ask you is how many front offices in theory would you think would kill to have him on their sidelines? And B, how do you think that this is ushering in a new era, I guess, of just basketball overall. Jay Wright, you mean on this? Yeah, Jay lines? Wright. Jay All Wright. Right. Um, Not Coach Neptune. Jay Wright. Okay, I'll say it's tough with Wright because you know college guys are just not not as all of them can translate perfect for the NBA anymore. Um, I think the Knicks would be one team interested. I think, I think that if it were for a long term career, the Detroit Pistons would be all over Wright. Uh, yeah. Just because they're, you know, pretty young and, and looking to get set up as a program heading yeah. out west. I know the Rockets 
seem to be happy with Steven Silas so far. They'd still probably be interested. And I know the Thunder really like Mark Daniel, so, uh, you know, I, I doubt that would go there. Oh, number one team in the league. Who would be interested in Jay Wright? I can tell you right now, it would be the Sacramento Kings. They would have oh, more yeah, interest than anyone him. else. They, they really need a, a tone setter at coach. I, I thought if the Knicks did manage to part ways with Tom Thibodeau, that he should be number one on their board. If it's not him, I think it should be Steve Clifford. So Steve Clifford's interesting. Again, I'm naming guys that are that yeah. are that brand of this is our defense and this is how it's going to run. Yeah. This is what you're going to do. Jay Wright's really good at adjusting. Right, that he is very good at. Right would be great for Sacramento, but fundamental I, you know, genius. He wants to go be a family man, so yeah. which I don't blame him. He's sixty years old. The guy looks way younger than that. I but was, I was he, telling you yesterday, he's he looks, graying up, man. He's, he's getting he looked, older. He looked. I and I, I saw him coach in person. He looked incredibly worn down at the Big East tournament, and I think that the the way that the Big East when it realigned and he was scared and bringing that program and that conference to the big boy table that wore him down and i can only imagine him in the nba just how much more annoyed he would be i look does it change the landscape of college basketball absolutely because of the portal nil i could go on and on about this but the point i'm trying to make will and if you want to add to this is that he found a home in college and the nba came calling a number of times he had that assistant spot with team usa with Popovich, who calls him one of his great friends. So getting a compliment from Popovich is one thing. The fact that you turned down the NBA because of your experience with Team USA, not that that's a bad thing, but that can turn you off because NBA players don't listen. They really don't listen. As much as you want to say with Duncan and Michael Jordan and all these greats, they didn't really listen to their coaches, not as much as you would expect them to, and I think Jay Wright didn't want to do that. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a different set of values that college basketball coaches are expected to uphold and do uphold compared to NBA coaches. Yeah. But um, in 2004, Coach Shashevsky was offered the position for the Lakers. So, and he didn't take and it. And he didn't take it, obviously, um, because of the sole fact that he didn't want to have to be controlling a bunch of drama queens who were just running around, you know, doing partying and all this stuff. And he, the, the worst part was he couldn't really implement anything. Oh, you're a coach. You'll be out of here in a year or two. Give, give, it, give it a year or two. Who cares? Yeah. Coach K has been at Duke for 23 years, and Jay Wright has been there so long that you know that's that's his place. The amount of people I saw posting stuff, thank you so much, Coach. No, no, not an ounce of bitterness. No. So it's a different environment. He could do no wrong. Yeah, he could do no wrong. I mean, dude, three three Final Fours in six uh, seasons. Two I mean, championships in two there. Two championships, yeah. Throw two championships. The amount of NBA players that have gone on to be and pivotal players in the league. Pivotal. I was, I was listening to something about uh, about uh, NBA players who went to Villanova. They are just forces. They they yeah. they're no they're 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 straight business. They're great team guys, and they know how to rally each other and get each other right. There's a different br uh, brand that Nova produces. Yeah, that it's a mindset. Exactly. You know? So you know, in terms of you know Jay Wright, I think it's the right thing to step down. Don't sell out. You know. Yeah, I think he left at his peak. He realized that his system is not going to work anymore with the portal, all that insanity. Now, I yeah, wish Kyle no, Neptune all the best. Nova's a four-year yeah. program. Will. It's a four-year program. I get what Thomas is saying. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah. That yeah, whole I thing. Because look at Jeremiah Robinson Earl, right? Right. That's a great NBA player. Mikhail Bridges. After being there for four no, they years. They got lucky so. with Brunson because that was a top 20 player in the country in the Robinson recruiting Robinson Earl was there four years? Kid. Yeah, he was. Three. No, three. Three, But four. what we're saying is the fact that they stay longer than the one-and-dones and they actually do stuff is wild. Now, Kyle Neptune, we wish him all the best. 
he gave us a really good season here at Fordham, so we wish him all the luck that we can. Um, but he's got to put something together, and I think he's going to have to change the identity of this program. Now, Villanova is not seen as an NBA theater team, but I'm going to wrap up on this. They're going to have to become a one-and-done sort of, sh- sort, of, sort of scheme there because the, fo- well, the four-year thing's not going to work anymore. Given well, it, the people who want to commit to Nova and they, know what Nova's right. going to do, but that, but the Jay Wright's out the door, so I think you're kind of right in that aspect. Right, but yeah. they're going to they're gonna have to try this one-and-done route. We, Jay Wright tried it a long time ago in like 2012, and people thought the guy was going to get fired. But he rebounded, he got the culture back. Point being, Villanova's going to have to adjust. They're going to have to go after these top two, three recruits in the country if they want to make it in this new landscape of college basketball. But that is going to just about do it for us here on Pick and Pod today has been a long episode, but it's been a fun episode, guys. And I am very thankful you guys came out here today, and you guys were fantastic, as always, adding to the show. For Chris Persiain and for Will Grant, our producer, Miles Grossman, this is Thomas Aiello signing off, saying so long. Enjoy the playoffs. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.